Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? everyone today on the podcast episode i'm still scratching my voice we've got over covid but i still sound a little bit sexy and husky so bear with me through that today on this episode of the podcast i want to talk about how we manifested our home this is something i've written about in my second book hello abundance so you might be kind of hearing this story again but i realized recently that i haven't really shared that in the podcast and in the YouTube episodes, it's kind of something that's come up a lot with my one-on-one clients. We've done a lot of work around this, but actually like publicly speaking about that, I haven't shared, but it's been like 18 months now. We've been in the new house. Um, it kind of was an interesting experience. So I think that's what I want to share with you guys today because it's not your normal story, right? So I knew for a long time that we needed a different home. We bought our old home when Aaron and I were just 19. I think I was actually 18 when we started the paperwork and I turned 19 like by the time we signed on the dotted line type of thing. So it was like we were kids. We were literally children. And we did. We got it for a steal. It was cheaper than renting. So what happened is that we'd been dating since high school and we because we both worked a lot, we didn't get to spend much time together. We lived about half an hour apart. And so we really wanted to take the next step and try and make the most of the small amount of time we did have together by living together. Um, and we're pretty serious, pretty serious. Uh, so we started looking at renting. And back then, I think the land, like the real estate property manager people just honestly were probably looking like, what are these children doing here looking at houses? But we both had full-time jobs, good jobs, and I thought we would be able to get a rental pretty easy. Turns out we couldn't. After about six months of trying to get a rental and going to all these inspections and doing all that paperwork, it just kind of crashed down around us. And I went, I don't think I can keep doing this, right? So we ended up buying our first home. Because it was cheaper and easier than renting. This was back in 2010. Um, so we dove in, we bought our own home. It was exciting. It was terrifying. It was a lot of responsibility, but it served us really well over the years. And, you know, when I act like I said, accidentally got pregnant, but when I unexpectedly got pregnant six months later, um, I guess the fear that you would have as two 19-year-old kids living with your parents, it wasn't as much of a fear for us. We were already together. We were engaged. We had our own home. So getting pregnant young wasn't as scary as it possibly could have been for us. I still look back and I'm like, oh my God, we were children with a child. How the fuck did we make it through, right? But, you know, it served us really well, that house. The mortgage was small because we obviously bought it 10 years ago, it allowed us to make different choices in life. So even though things were really hard and I've been very open about the struggles financially that I've had in the past, um, that very small mortgage, which was less than renting, allowed me to be a stay-at-home mum when I could, 
you know, there was, it was certainly very tough. I'm not going to pretend it's not, but if we'd had a mortgage of, you know, four or $500,000, like some friends of ours got a few years later, we certainly would not have been able to take an extended maternity leave or my husband be able to choose a lower paying job that was close to home to be there for the kids. So it, it allowed us lots of choices. I think that was really good. So we were all three kids home to that little three bedroom house and it, like, it was little. It was, she was the tiny one, which is okay when we bought it when it was just the two of us. But then once it was a family of five, it's like, oh my God. Right. And th- there was this huge ash tree in the backyard that was just beautiful. It gave us the most delicious shade in summertime. We would just, so many afternoons would be spent on the back lawn under the shade of that tree with a glass of wine in hand. And you know, this was the house that I started my spray tanning business from because the laundry was actually one of the biggest rooms in the house, <laughs> ironically. So I started my spray com- spray tanning company because I had this massive laundry. I was like, well, you know, there's no point just having washing hanging in here. And I started a company. There's a lot more on that in another episode. But, you know, I hosted vision board parties from my backyard, champagne included, obviously. And I met one of my best friends when she came over to that little house for a consultation at my dining room table. I felt so embarrassed about it at the time. But, you know, that house holds some amazing memories. There was another instance where like, I was crying in another friend's arms as our babies played in the lounge room and mushed avocado sandwiches all over the floor. This was right after Eric had his autism diagnosis. So that house that we bought, we turned into a home. And we filled it with love and we filled it with laughter every single day. But surprise baby number three seemed to just fill up that space in that house. It was the extra bassinet in our room. The pram was now in the laundry. The kids were growing up and they were arguing at every point possible. You know, the pandemic started and we had to experience lockdowns with, you know, three kids in this very small home with a lovely backyard, but still a very small home. And just the walls began to close in. And honestly, like if I'm being super transparent here, I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted our bedroom to be a little bit further away for the kids. At this point, it's a very small house with a very little hallway. And both the kids' bedrooms were within two steps from our bedroom, which worked great when they were babies because I never had to use a baby monitor, right? I could hear everything. But then as the kids got older, I started to realize they could also hear everything. And honestly, I was starting to give less fucks about being quiet in the bedroom. (laughs) And while we're a very sex positive family, I I didn't want to completely emotionally scar them. Plus, right, this house only had one toilet with three bedrooms, one toilet. Nothing makes you rush to house hunt faster than the entire family getting gastro. And there is only one toilet in the house. Like you would have the situation, everyone would wake up at the same time in the morning. My husband would be in the shower Eric would go in the toilet and little Holly would be there and she's like, mom, I need to wee. And I'd have to tell her to go and wee in the backyard because we only had one toilet, right? So every time we kept coming back to this point, right? We would wanted to move house before. We'd been looking at houses before. We thought about building, but we just never could afford to actually do it. So every time we started house hunting before, we either couldn't afford to move, never had enough for a deposit, or honestly, the houses that we could afford weren't better than what we already had. 
So we stayed put for over 10 years because I'm like, I'm not going through the stress of moving and doing all that and getting another extra $100,000 on my loan unless it is dramatically better than what I currently had. Because I never like hated my house. It just started to feel very cramped, right? But as Hudson grew, (laughs) as babies do, push came to shove and really in the middle of a global pandemic, I mean, like I think it was March, everything kind of started happening in 2020 at a three month old baby. And by May we were looking at houses. So it was very early days in the pandemic and the fear and everything. And not, not many people were selling. This was like, you kind of had that real estate crash in those first few months. We decided to start shopping for another house because we're fucking crazy. And apparently that's just what you do when COVID hits and you got nothing else to do, but hang out on realestate.com. So this journey was by no means an easy one. And This pushed us way out of our comfort zone on multiple occasions, but it also proved to be that like an environment that truly was a pressure cooker for personal growth, not only like as individuals in our family, but in our family dynamic, my relationship with my husband, I feel like it created, it was uncomfortable and horrible and stressful and time consuming, but it created this huge leap, this huge growth for all of us, right? It truly was a pressure cooker personal growth. So every day I would be scrolling the real estate websites. I was forced to remember my affirmations because every time we put an offer in, I had to remind myself to detach from the outcome. Every time we went to an open house, I had to tap into the feelings of it already being ours. You know, we're trying to keep a very neutral poker face energy, but also pretend as if that house was mine, right? I'm using everything I've learned about manifestation, my mindset here to try and get us a house. And every time we lost an offer on the house, which happened like a lot, I kind of, I wish I kept a bit more track of how many offers we'd put in on houses. I could probably sit down with Aaron and we could figure it out, but there was a, a lot. Every time we lost an offer, I had to pick myself back up again. Every time the tension and the stress rippled out and kind of left me snapping at the kids, I had to practice self-care and I had to practice like a deep level of self-compassion. It taught me a lot, (laughs) mostly that the size of your deposit doesn't make a fucking difference, right? So we had a six-figure deposit and we still had to jump through so many hoops with so many banks to just get to the point we're at today. But here's the interesting thing, and I guess this is the point that I kind of want to get to, this is the point I want to make without wasting too much of your time on my sob story, is that at the beginning of this journey, I sat down with my husband and I mapped out what I wanted, and this was kind of like my non-negotiable because I knew this, this period in time was going to get stressful. I knew we were going to kind of have moments where we questioned ourselves because we've done this before with like buying cars and making job changes and stuff where you start to kind of when you can't find what you need immediately, you start to kind of make concessions. Your, your boundaries and your non-negotiables tend to slip in an effort to just achieve the goal quicker. So I knew kind of we'd done that before in different situations. So I sat down, I'm like, these are the non-negotiables. This is what I want. I wanted a house over 750 square meters because that's what we currently had. And I wasn't going to go less space. I was going to go bigger house. I certainly wasn't going to go less land size. I wanted to pay a specific amount, guys, like a specific amount. I wrote it down. That's what I wanted to pay. And this was like, (laughs) COVID just crashed the property market. But then a couple of weeks later, COVID like upped the property market insanely. 
and everyone, like we were being outbid by 50 grand over like asking price. It just got insane, right? I wanted to pay a specific amount. I wanted four bedrooms. I wanted two baths minimum. And I didn't want a house that I would have to spend another $60,000 renovating. So many houses we looked at, we were still going to have to put so much money into it, right? To even get it to a livable standard. And it had to have a bath. It had to have a bath um, because I could never fit in the old bath. And the bath in our old house was a child size bath which, because the house was so small, which was so great for the kids. But sometimes it's just like, dang it, I want a bath bomb. And every time I go and stay in a hotel that had a bath, I'd bring a bath bomb. I'm like, I'm having a bath right? I actually remember one time I was staying in Sydney for a work event and everyone's like, come out, we're going to go clubbing. We're going to go here. We're going to go. There. And I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel room for a bath. <laughs> They're all like, you're mad. I'm like, yeah, well you got to do what you got to do. And I had to have a shed. We were, cause my husband's a mechanic. He works full time as a mechanic. He does some of his own work as a mechanic. And we wanted the potential to at least it have a shed or at least have an area where we could put a shed for my husband's work. And yes, before the good read reviews come in, before the comments come in on this podcast, I am well aware of the privilege of my situation, where I live and who I am and the possibilities I have living in this particular area in Australia. I'm, I'm well aware of the privilege and the kind of like, you know, I was looking for a unicorn. I was looking for a unicorn. <laughs> Everyone told me I would not get this house, not for that price, not in this area. Not for that many bedrooms. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to shift your expectations. And I was like, no, I don't, right? No, I don't. The other thing for us was with three children with autism, and this was back before Eric and Holly were diagnosed, so we only had one, but the having kids with autism, you have their therapist that you form such deep, powerful, supportive relationships with. And so one of the main things was when we were looking, we started looking outside of our area and we couldn't find anything in it. And so one of the main things was seeing if the therapists were in, in the new area we were looking at, what was their waiting list time? Would my child resonate? Would that give us what I need? And so, so many places we actually looked at did not have the supports in place for our family that we needed. And we also didn't want to move our kids to schools. They love their school. We love their school. And for kids with autism, moving house is already a huge change. We didn't want to add the change and anxiety of a new like house and then add an entire new school and making new friends and all that other stuff. But because of this, because we're being stubborn twats about it, it meant that our options were like super limited due to location. Like I can, and this is how kind of like how long and how deep this process went into. If you tell me, you know, oh, that's just, that's at two wells. My kids go to go school in this town. I can tell you exactly the distance, the time it's going to take because I spent that much time on Google maps, mapping out houses to school drive times, whether there was public buses that could take them. Like I, I, you know, did the work. This was essentially a full-time job. And this was the same year that I um, wrote a book and, and had a baby, a newborn and everything. So it was a really intense year, right? We didn't want to um, move our kids to school. So a few months into the search and like many disappointments, many asshole real estate agents and exhausting open houses because you know on a Saturday Sunday you do three or four open houses you're putting offers in you have to do all that energetic work with real estate agents and I'm as such an introvert it was just the most horrible thing for me but you know it was open houses and everything and I I added another thing to the list because I was like I can't this isn't right this is not how 
I want to buy a house is going to a property and there's 40 other people looking at it and everyone's got this weird, distrustful, competitive energy and you know, we're all putting in bids and then we're getting turned down and then there's disgruntled people. And it was just such a negative experience. I'm like, this is not the vibe. This is not the vibe. And so I kind of started telling my husband, I want to buy privately. (laughs) I was like, can't I just find a house and approach that person and just buy the house? You know, I was so sick of real estate agents. And like, having said this though, the the people that sold our house were incredible real estate agents. We are so happy. We recommend them to everyone, but everyone else that I was dealing with in the real estate world out here, I was just super not enjoying any of that. Right. I wanted to have a conversation with a real life person and buy a house from them. And everyone's like, Shani, that just doesn't happen. People don't buy privately. That's too risky. You'll never get that. But I'm stubborn, right? And so I held the faith. I held the faith. I'm like, no, I'm going to buy a house from someone. It's going to be super easy. So we visualized and we talked about our dream house nonstop. We meditated on it. We expressed gratitude for the house that we currently had, even while looking for our next one. And my mantra became, it's all working out for us. The perfect house at the perfect time for the perfect price. And I said it over and over and over and over and over again. And just every single day, so many times a day. Here's the thing I want you to understand, because this is like the manifestation people online. It's so easy and it's so fluffy to say, just like set an intention on the full moon and wear this rose quartz butt plug. And then you're just going to be a millionaire, babe. And it's not the vibe. The vibe is doing the work, (laughs) right? You don't just wish and then it magically happens. Like you still do the work. You take the inspired action. So it wasn't just wishing upon a star that got us there. We also looked on real estate sites every single fucking day, all day, every day. Like, you know, when um, real estate people go on and probably look at their insights, it would have been, you know, us, this one little street in Yuri's viewed your website 400 times in the last month. You know, like we were on it all the time. We contacted all the local real estate agents within our area and we told them what we were looking for. Like actually saying, hey, I know you don't have anything on the market right now that fits this criteria, but this is what we are looking for. This is what we are willing to spend. If you find anything, please let us know because we could save your client the hassle of open inspections, right? We wanted to get in first. So many of these houses we were looking at, we didn't even get to go and look at them. They were under contract before they were even like 24 hours online. There was this amazing house that we found and we were like called up the day it went online and said, can we please come and look at it? And she's like, I'm so sorry. It went under contract half an hour ago. And I was like, ah, you know, so it was this really competitive experience looking on local real estate agents. We, we reached out to them and told them what we were looking for, asking them to contact us. If anything came up, we started speaking to all of our friends and all of our family to let them know we're on the hunt. Keep your eyes open for us. And I even went to the point of putting up posters on local notice boards. House wanted to buy this criteria, this area, this postcode, please contact, right? And we went to every open inspection with houses that ticked our like room, bathroom, land size box, every inspection. And even to houses that were probably like more than we could defend or less than we wanted to spend or whatever it was. Cause we just wanted to know that we ticked every box. We'd shown up, we'd done the work and the universe was going to deliver something to us. Right. So every open inspection from July to December, 
2020, we made offers on everything. We got really, really good at terms and conditions and sale contracts and the legal side of things, right? And I even got, you know, we offered over asking price so many times. We made offers. We were offering twenty, thirty thousand dollars over asking price and still losing out. People were offering fifty, eighty thousand dollars over. It just got insane, right? We went to auction time and time again, and I even got to the point of looking at the Google Maps above the towns we wanted to be in. And I figured out how to do like the measurement where you can find out the land size with a certain app of a block where you like trace the outside of the block and it calculates the land size for you. And so I was Googling these houses and I was looking for houses that had sheds and houses that had pools or houses that had space for pools and that ticked the land size box. And then I'd find the address and then I'd Google all the past if that house had been sold in the past and what it was sold for, and if there was any photos or if there was a floor pan, like it was my full-time job essentially. And popping, I was even, if that house ticked all the boxes and the land size and everything, I was actually going and putting letters, typed letter with a photo of our family on it because, you know, put a face to your name. That's my tip for resumes and everything. You always want to humanize what you're doing. And I would put notes in people's letters box asking if they had thought about selling. I really did everything I could possibly do to make this happen. So we were so confident. (laughs) It was a little bit scary, but we just held the faith so firmly. We were so confident the Rise House was going to come up that we actually packed up our entire life, put our home on the market, and our house sold incredibly quickly thanks to our friends at One Agency Property Solutions. If you ever want to work with Tim and Marissa McLaughlin, they were incredible selling our house. And by the 14th of December, we had to be out, right? And I remember I was at brunch with some girlfriends because I don't know, I think it was like end of term, end of school or something. We all went to a local coffee shop and it was such a beautiful brunch. We were eating croissants and drinking mimosas and it was amazing, right? So I'm at a brunch with some girlfriends and I turned my phone off. Well, not necessarily off, but it was on silent, trying to be present, trying to enjoy my time with them, you know, doing that whole thing, like put your phone in your bag, you don't need to have it in front of you while you're with your friends. The owner of the cafe, a friend, comes over and is like, Shona, your mum's on the phone. Turns out my husband had tried to call me 21 times and then resorted to calling my mum and my mum called all the local coffee shops until she found me, which really tells you all you need to know about my caffeine addiction. And because all my friends, all the people my mum would have like called to contact me were also there, but with our phones on silent because we were having brunch. I, this poor cafe owner, Emma, comes over. She's like, your mum's calling me. Anyway, right. She found me because our house had sold. Cash buyer. And we had three days to get out. I remember the panic attack that kind of started that second at breakfast and, and my one of my girlfriends looks at me and she's like oh fuck and she starts wrapping up my croissant because she knows I'm just gonna like bolt out of there Emma the cafe owner goes and gets my coffee puts it in a takeaway cup she's like you got some work to do I'm like oh my fucking god we had three days to get out so it was mental it was so intense but it was the right thing it was exactly the right thing because it didn't allow us time to be anxious about it, it didn't allow us time to second guess that someone was there with cash hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash and said, we want this house. So we drove out of our driveway for for the last time as 29 year olds with three kids and a truckload of our life, officially homeless and no house for us in the foreseeable future. Like we've been at this since May, it was now December. 
we were just kind of feeling a little bit defeated and like, fuck, have we done the right thing? Because what happens, you know, we were going to stay between friends, stay between both of our parents' house, even though that, you know, we were separating for an hour between us. And it was like, what if this doesn't come through? What the fuck are we going to do? We can't get a rental. The rental market's so screwed right now. So there was definitely moments of fear of like, what have we done? Right? So I moved um, with three kids, because it was school holidays by this point, up to my parents' home in the Clare Valley. They had some spare rooms, because it's only the two of them living there. And they had 10 acres for the kids to run absolutely wild on during the summer holidays. So that worked really well for the kids. My husband's work kept him in the Barossa Valley. So that was an, it was an hour between us. So as an almost 30 year old, he moved back in with his parents for the six weeks that we kind of ended up seeming separated. But when we first moved there, we didn't know it was just going to be six weeks. We were like, fuck, how long, like, what are we going to do here? It was a lot. We had Hudson's first birthday, my husband's 30th, Christmas, hours and hours and hours of travel between the two homes, being separated from my husband and the kids from their dad was really, really hard. But thanks to uh, FaceTime, thanks to phone sex and sexting and some weekends, we were able to catch up. And I think we made it through pretty well as a team. It was hard, but I'm I'm really proud of us too. So the point, which I'm circling back to now, because yeah, this is going to be a long, one of my longer podcast episodes was that we did get our dream. Do I want to say dream home? I'm not sure because like my dream home is 20 acres and a ranch style and a full like BDSM dragon um, dungeon. Like, are we like, is it my dream house that I Pinterest board? No. Did it tick every single box that I set for the intention for a house for our family that's perfect right now? Yes. So when we sold our home, we could have never predicted that a conversation would happen a few days later. So this was like a week later. It was my husband's 30th birthday. had all his friends around. And one of his close friends had recently gone through a breakup, right? They were still living together in this house and they were trying to figure out if they could make it work financially, who could take the home, but they decided they were going to sell their home and go separate ways and just have a clean break. And this light bulb goes off in my husband's head, like six drinks into his birthday party. He goes, maybe we could buy it. So the next week he convinces me to come and have a proper look. So we drive down with the kids, have a proper look, had a conversation with our friend that was still like really, it was strange because it was so easy, but it felt like it shouldn't have been so easy. Anyway, it was a quick trip to the conveyance of the next day and evaluation from the bank. And guess what happened? I bought a house on 750 square meters for the exact price. And I mean, exact like to the dollar that I stated I wanted to in the very beginning of this journey. It was a private sale. We didn't have to deal with any real estate agents. We didn't have to do anything. It was like literally three signatures on the conveyancer and we just texted each other and got it done. It was so easy. I got four bedrooms. I got two bathrooms. I got a bath and a shed already on it. The best bit was it was only two years old. So this house was pretty much brand new. So buying this house from our friend, was so easy. It was so aligned. It was so magic. It just happened. There was no stress. Everyone was happy with the outcome. We handed the keys over, had a beer, and it was ours. But the clincher is, this is what I want you to understand, never in a million years could have I ever predicted that would be the outcome of all these months searching for a home. So when we first started searching, the owners of this home we're planning a wedding. 
We could have never predicted that a year later they would sell it to us in a breakup. And yet through all those hard months, I kind of just held on to this vision. I didn't know when or why or how or who, but I knew deep in my bones that it was going to happen. I didn't even let the fear or anxiety that it wouldn't ever enter into my body. And I know my family and some of my friends were genuinely concerned about that because I just seemed so stubbornly positive about all this. It was that affirmation. It's all working out for us. The perfect house at the perfect time for the perfect price. I repeated it again and again and again till I believed it, till we believed it, and then it became our truth. So right now I'm sitting in my office, you know, in my new home. The I've got the fridge from my vision board stacked with bottles, multiple, of my favorite French champagne because, you know, I moved. That was the very first thing that got moved in, right? The important stuff. It kind of hit me like a bolt of lightning, right? I followed my own manifestation system, the one that I teach hundreds of women, it worked again for me. For years, I knew it worked. It gave me Aaron. It gave me my career, my cars, my friends, my success, my relationships, my sex life, everything. But this was the biggest, most epic manifestation journey to date. The one that really firmly instilled that total unshakable unwavering faith in this process, in my own abundant power to decide what my life gets to look like. This shit works. Guys, this shit works in ways that you could never imagine in more ways and often faster than you ever thought was even possible. It works. So I've shared this story of buying my home, not to be all oh, look at this rich white girl who bought a house because, you know, 10 out of 10, not rich. But, you know, I don't want to be like that. Oh, look at me, me, me. What a flog, right? But to show you, I want to show you, it's the how that always surprises you. It's the faith and trust in the universe having your back that matters the most of all. And it's the hard times that grow us. So I want this kind of episode to empower you to trust yourself a little bit more and hopefully always continue to keep searching for knowledge, leaning into support, educating and implementing and just trusting yourself and having faith that you do get to side. You don't have to settle. You can be completely unshakable and unwavering in your own divine abundant power. I hope this episode has given you a little bit of insight into my life and that journey because I know so many of you were along the ride with me. Um, And I'm excited to hear your takeaways or whether you've been through something similar. I think that'd be really amazing to share. Anyway, I'm going to go and mop my floors in my big new home, which definitely takes longer than my old home. Um, And I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shani Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review, and share. And don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact, and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish or visit our website www.sexyselfish.com. We've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.